It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sure, it was an exhibition game, but hey, it was a lot of fun watching the San Francisco Giants take down just a loaded Team USA. And there was one thing about the game that actually maybe really potentially bodes well for the Giants going into the regular season. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked on Giants, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites, Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. And coming up on today's show, we finally got to watch a San Francisco Giants game for the first time. I mean, the Cubs had a broadcast, but I mean, the it's been a complaint of mine all throughout spring that they haven't been televising enough games. But we got one last night. There's more coming up on the schedule that are televised, and they're going to do some like live streams that are... Not on TV, but you can watch online. So that's we'll get into that anytime there's a televised game or live stream game, streamed game. We'll talk about it. But what I want to discuss today is they played Team USA, and that Team USA lineup is no joke. And literally after the game, Gabe Kapler said, "You won't face a better lineup ever," and he's right. And uh, when I mentioned there's something about the game that perhaps bodes well, I mean. You can watch that Team USA lineup is probably going to have some good games coming up offensively in just a couple of days. So that what it was for me was the Giants pitching and specifically, I mean, looking at Anthony DiSclefani and Sean Manaya. And for DiSclefani, we all know that 2022 was just a completely lost year for him in which he made just a handful of starts. When he made those starts, he was bad. And then he had season-ending ankle surgery and The problem with his ankle was there's like no groove for his tendon to sit in in his like bone. And so they went in and they carved out a groove for his tendon to be secured in, you know, in the ankle area. And so obviously, if you're dealing with something like that and it's painful and I think it's his driving leg, then you're going to have problems. And so for him to look as kind of good as he has and specifically to be pumping in mid 90s this early in spring is just a good sign. We mentioned it. About a week ago with Sean Manaya, who he said, you know, was throwing in the mid 90s, whereas in spring training at that time, like in his first spring start ish last season with the Padres, he was 88 to 90. And so to be up like six miles an hour from where you were last year at this time bodes well. And, you know, early on in spring, normally you're like kind of building your way up. And so to be early in camp throwing that hard is just a good sign. And obviously you need to be able to keep it up. But guys generally, I don't want to say they generally do, but uh, I don't know. Sometimes people comment when I say stuff like this as if it's a bad thing that their velocity is up, like it subjects them to injury more. I remember last year talking about it with Alex Cobb, who we heard was up to like 98, 97, 98 in spring training. 
And I got some comments like, wow, that's horrible. It means he's, you know, this injury prone pitcher. Why would they want him to throw harder? He's going to get injured. Well, he didn't really have an injury uh, ravaged season at all. He was had one of his healthier seasons of his career. And at least in the last several years, had a mostly healthy season. I think he had one like hamstring issue. It wasn't an arm issue or anything like that. So the fact that, you know, Di Sclafani is looking healthy and throwing hard and got through. I mean, the Giants only allowed one run to this Team USA roster. And yes, it's a spring game. Ironically, like it doesn't count. The Giants spring record is so bad at three and nine and they beat the best team they're going to face all spring and it doesn't count on their record. But it was just a lot of fun. And the pitching in general, uh, you know, we know the strength of one of the strengths of the Giants in 2023 figures to be their deep rotation. And Manaya and Di Sclafani have a lot to do with that. And they have some of the bigger questions around them when we look at that whole group, because Di Sclafani was, like I said, injured and ineffective last year. And Manaya was just ineffective. And he said that he kind of struggled with velocity at times. I didn't watch him pitch a ton last year but I know the numbers ultimately were not good for him but if he's hitting 90 versus 96 that that can make a pretty darn big difference and so it wasn't just them either I mean the entire Giants pitching staff just shut down this Team USA lineup which it wasn't like they were throwing out their bench players and their bench you know they've got guys like Pete Alonzo on the bench it was a like Kapler said, you will not ever see a better lineup than what they put out there against the Giants, and the Giants shut them down. Uh, three scoreless innings for Man- uh, Di Sclafani. Manaya went three innings, allowed just a solo homer to Paul Goldschmidt. Scott Alexander pitched an inning and struck out three. Uh, John Brebbia pitched a scoreless inning, and Mauricio Yovera closed it out in the ninth. And so, just a, a fun game all around. Uh, the pitching is what really impressed me, but also on offense. I mean, the Giants won this game 5-1, to one, and it is a spring game, but Team USA had some good pitchers in there, and we saw some good results from some guys. And so coming up in just a minute, we'll kind of turn our attention to some of the players, Lamont Wade Jr., David Villar, Luis Matos, who stood out to me in this exhibition win for the Giants against Team USA last night. So we'll get into it in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download this FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And you know me, I'm always looking at the upcoming Warriors game and their favorites at the Memphis Grizzlies tonight with uh, the point spread is what I'm looking at. Just uh, two and a, minus two and a half for the Golden State Warriors at minus 110 odds. And you know, if you're watching the WBC, you can also check out WBC action on FanDuel. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, here we go. We are going to talk more about this televised game i'm so happy they televised a game and uh, a win for the giants against a star-studded team usa 
uh, like I said, I mean, that is an all-star team. And some have said, okay, well, the pitching's not that good. But the pitching the Giants faced last night was plenty good. I mean, they, you know, it's the the lineup is better than the pitching staff for Team USA. But Miles Michaelis made the starts. And then a handful of really good relievers pitched, like Ryan Presley, Adam Adovino, Kendall Graveman, Jason Adam, and uh, David Bednar, Will, Will Bednar's brother. Will Bednar being the Giants' first-round pick a couple years ago. So offensively, I mean, the the game started out, the Giants didn't have their A lineup in there, but it was close to it. Michael Conforto didn't make the start in this game, but that's because he was scheduled to start today. He's going to start today and play the outfield for the first time since 2021 in a game. Uh, and so that's a big milestone for him. He's done so well, by the way. Uh, recovering from this shoulder surgery and the the arm strength is back so much that they think that he can play right. Initially, it was thought that Conforto would have to play left because, you know, arm strength is less important in left than it is in right. And, you know, he's doing so well that they actually view him now as a guy who can play right. And so we might actually see what would be probably preferred in a perfect world more with Hanniger in left and Conforto in right rather than switching those two, which is what we thought was going to happen. But Game starts out with Lamont Wade Jr. And just right away, it's obvious that his setup, like when he says his knees are feeling better, I guess it was the one knee that was bothering him, but that in 2021, he was able to kind of get into his legs more. And if you look at him in 2022, just any old random highlight, watch Lamont Wade Jr. in 2022, he is like vertical in the box. And then look at his kind of setup and swing last night, much more crouched. And so... I mean, it's not really crouched. It's just sitting in his legs. Like that's how he describes it. He likes to sit in his legs. And last year it was kind of just upper body and 2021, a little more in the legs and we're seeing in the legs now. And so he leads off the game. I think it was the first pitch or leads off the bottom of the first, I should say, with a ringing double to right field. And so, you know, I've just been impressed. He's had a lot of nice swings, hit for a lot of power this spring. It is, you know, we don't, want to read too much into like spring stats but for me when you see like a different swing for a guy and someone who's saying like he's able to do this thing he couldn't do last year and you can look from last year and then look to this year and see the difference and then see the results as well he also weighed by the way also made a like sprinting diving effort on a foul pop-up down the right field line and Gabe Kapler was being interviewed at the time and he took it you know, upon himself to point out that that just shows how good Wade is feeling. I mean, he really went hard after that ball. I was kind of thinking, take it easy, Lamont. We don't need you getting hurt in the middle of the spring here. But clearly, he's feeling good. And it's not just kind of, what do they call it, window dressing, talking about best shape of his life or whatever. He looks better to me. And if you can get the 2021 version of Wade, that would obviously bode really well for the Giants. And then Mitch Hanniger. Continued his hot spring, had a couple doubles himself, and made a diving catch in left. Jock Peterson had a, a hit. Wilmer Flores, a nice sacrifice fly and a hit. David VR with an opposite field, kind of no doubt home run off of, who was it off of? I don't remember who it was off of, but it was off of uh, Jason Adam, I think, or Kendall Graveman. One of those two. Uh, who are, you know, they're majorly good relievers and and the Giants got a run off of those guys. And VR had had a really difficult start to the spring. I think he was like 0 for 11 with 7 Ks or something. And 
you know, he got his first hit earlier in the game and then just a really impressive opposite field home run. He knew it off the bat. And so I mentioned the other day, somebody asked in a mailbag question, like, who's going to have a career year and who's going to have a year to forget? And I mentioned David VR as a possibility to have a year to forget. I take it back. I'm just like sending nothing but positive vibes to David VR. Uh, there's some guys I could pick for the year to forget, but I'm not going to make it VR because look, he there's not he doesn't have the burden of expectations. Like if he struggles, then he can be sent down and someone else will get an opportunity. But there's reason to believe that he can be a at least solid major leaguer. He really showed it in September of last year. He certainly showed it in the minor leagues the last couple of years. And so I don't know, just really pulling for David VR, and it was nice to see him uh kind of figure it out. Gabe Kepler has said that I think he said after the game that they're just not reading into spring stats the way that a lot of players think that teams do and that you know David VR has proven in the last couple years you know with, with a much broader body of work in the minors and then what he did in the majors you don't have to like get hot right away in spring training to prove that you know what you can do I think what you did in the minors the last couple years speaks way more to your talent than the first couple weeks of spring training but regardless, for his own confidence and belief in himself, I'm sure it was nice to get a couple hits, including a nice opposite field home run. So that was kind of the, those were kind of the highlights of the game. Uh, Team USA, I'll be rooting for them once they start their real games on Saturday. But it was nice uh, to see the Giants both with the arm, with their arms, and with their bats. Have a nice game. And oh, I met, uh, Luis Matos as well hit kind of a ringing opposite field double. I believe that was against like a legit major league reliever as well. There was really only one circumstance where Team USA actually used a Giants farmhand to relieve Miles Michaelis. And the Giants got three hits off him in a third of an inning. But otherwise, it was just like good relievers on Team USA. So. We're not going to read into it too much, but it was just fun. And we're halfway through spring training, by the way. Oh, and speaking of, you know, not that we were actually talking about this, but coming up in just a minute, I want to get into an injury update to a former Giants pitcher. We've spent so much time the last couple of years talking about the Giants not giving these deals to like Kevin Gosman and Carlos Rodon because pitchers get injured. Their performance just falls apart really quickly at times. And already a little bit of trouble with Carlos Rodon. We'll get into what we heard this morning in just a minute, but first. All right, as promised, I want to discuss this kind of breaking news with Carlos Rodon, which obviously you never root for, uh, but it's just like I'm going to use this to not prove a point, but to make a point about how um, I mean, it could happen to a position player, of course, but Carlos Rodon, he's got a history of injuries and it comes out this morning, courtesy of the Yankees, you know, and their reporters that Rodon is suffering from a mild forearm strain is going to be and it's going to be shut down for seven to 10 days and he's going to start the season on the injured list. And so the Giants will not face Carlos Rodon in that opening series and they also said he already underwent an MRI and it revealed no UCL damage. Rodon had Tommy John surgery in 2019. So uh it, I don't know that this proves anything but it does just speak to the fact that I mean look position players are not necessarily 
there's data, right? I think teams have the data. In my kind of opinion, after just experiencing baseball for a long time, is that pitchers are riskier than position players. And uh, for a guy like Rodon, who has the history that he has, and it's a tough call to make if you're the Giants to like not give him that long term deal in the moment because you know the fans are not happy about it when you don't bring a guy like this back, and it's just one little thing, maybe. You know, he spends a little bit of time on the IL and then has six great, fully healthy seasons. But we've just seen too many times that pitchers either break down medically or uh, performance wise or both often into these long term deals. And, you know, even in recent history with the Giants, I think about Johnny Cueto and I kind of mean to mention this more, but. You know, Cueto signed this huge deal with the Giants in year one. He was fantastic. But all the other years after that, he was not. And, you know, Jeff Samarja, that deal did not work out well for the Giants. The Matt Cain extension did not work out well for the Giants. Tim Lincecum broke down, but, you know, they kind of dodged a bullet by not actually giving him the long-term extension that they kind of wanted to give him. And I think he preferred to go shorter term. Barry Zito deal obviously didn't work out well. We talk about Patrick Corbin with the Nationals, Steven Strasburg with the Nationals. So there are certainly some deals that do work out well. Madison Bumgarner with the Diamondbacks, that has not worked out well. So I just, I understand. It's not like I'm only saying this now. I've been saying this for two years or longer that, you know, a long-term deal, six years for a Carlos Rodon, there's a lot of risk. And so the the Yankees are kind of feeling that right now. And, and at this point, it's mild. And I'm glad that they're kind of shutting him down. He says, actually, that he dealt with a similar thing last year during the season with the Giants and that he pitched through it. And so I assume it's mild. I hope it's mild. I hope he has success. Uh, great performance with the Giants last year, obviously. But it's just kind of it's not what you want to see if you're the New York Yankees. Imagine if you're the Giants and you've just given them six years, 100 and whatever, almost 70, 170 or 160 million dollars. And, you know, spring, I think he's made one spring start and it he felt it during the start. He got lit up in his one start against the Braves and uh, now is dealing with an injury and had an MRI and is going to go on the injured list. So, Speaking of injuries, just a couple updates here. Actually, just one update here. Thomas Zapucky is, uh, he hasn't pitched in a game since February 26th and is dealing with elbow soreness and undergoing tests. So that's never what you want to see. Zapucky was, to me, kind of a dark horse to possibly make this opening day roster in the bullpen. And, you know, he was a part of the Darren Ruff trade with the Mets that looks like a total heist because Ruff just had a miserable season, especially once he got traded to New York. They, the Giants also got J.D. Davis, who figures to be a significant part of their roster. Like, kind of Davis alone for Ruff would have been a win for the Giants. And they also got Zapucky, who to me is really intriguing and quietly was actually pretty good. Uh, if you look at some of the numbers in a brief stint with the Giants late last year. And then they got somebody else in that trade as well. So hopefully he's okay. But, you know, elbow soreness and tests is not what you want to hear. And... That's it. Those are your injury updates for today. So thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please hit that subscribe button, like, 
comment, uh, leave a review, rate the show, whatever you can do. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Anyway, I cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.